The mainstream media ignores the Twitter files. The Kennedy assassination is back in the news. Proper English is a white supremacy construct, at least according to an English teacher. Aaron Judge gets paid and much, much more on today's edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 215 of the Random Thoughts Podcast, spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and on today's show, we have what I think is an interesting assortment of things. Got a lot of response on the little segment that we did on the difference between running your furnace, the cost of that per hour, as opposed to running an individual electric space heater for the same amount of time. And I'm glad that was found to be helpful by a lot of people. And it certainly is something as the gas prices continue to soar, natural gas here in the Midwest, in the East Coast, I guess, It is oil burning things and all sorts of different ways to get the heat. No matter what the price we're paying for energy is skyrocketing. As I pointed out, double here. I think it's worse on the East Coast. But I went out and picked up a Vornado. There's some great names on space heaters. And I looked into all the different types of space heaters and came to the conclusion that It really doesn't matter what you're buying. It's going to put out about the same amount of heat because it's turning electricity into heat. And there's really no magic way for that to be more or less. I mean, there's small changes. They're not all exactly running at the same efficiency, but it's close enough to where you're mainly paying for the features and safety features in a space heater. They are a big deal, so do not skimp on those. Had to get a nice, long, heavy-duty extension cord specifically made for things like appliances in order to put the space heater where we wanted to because you do not want to plug a space heater or anything really that's drawing that many watts. And the space heaters are all pretty much doing about 1,500 in the high mode. You don't want a cheap extension cord you don't want to plug those into a cheap power strip you would really like them to be the only thing plugged into the outlet and hopefully the only thing on the circuit if all things go well depending on the wiring in your home but yeah don't cheap out on the extension cord but the little vornado paid a little extra to get the metal on the outside rather than plastic And the only thing that really sold me, because it was one of the more expensive space heaters, but still not horrible, a little over a hundred bucks. And it came with a five-year, didn't say warranty. It says a five-year satisfaction guarantee, which I'm wondering in legalese what the difference is between a 
warranty and a satisfaction guarantee. I mean, I would think the bar for satisfaction is completely in the mind of the person buying. So I give, while I'm sure it's marketing speak, I give the people at Vornado a little bit of credit for that. And the unit seems to work well. Now, the other thing to remember, if you're dealing with a large room like we are, and unfortunately, the big area where our television is at has a nice wide open. It's a split level, sir. It's a nice big opening up to the kitchen. So it's not like we're in a closed off room. So trying to heat a room that is in a big open floor plan a lot harder, you kind of just have to point the heater at you. And it seems like since we're in the corner of that room, if you point the thing in the right direction, it kind of keeps everything more or less in the corner, but it's not as efficient as if you were in a room, if you had a bedroom or something like that, where you could actually close the door, then you're not going to be running things quite as often. But I found just even running it on the low setting, which I believe is just the same thing, just half the amount of wattage being used. So rather than 1500, I believe it was 750 watts. And that seemed to work fairly well. So hopefully that can save you a little bit of fundage because I think most people are in the same ballpark where you're heating a large home and not even large as in a mansion. It's like you're heating rooms that you're not in. So if you can turn the furnace off and only heat the room you're in, you can probably save yourself a little bit of cash. We talked on the last episode about the Twitter files, something that the people who are in the conservative camp definitely think this is an important story, but we know that the people that are in the liberal camp are not thinking this is an important story because it makes their side look bad. So, of course, the Twitter files which is all about suppression of stories that would have made more than anything else. Joe Biden looked bad from the last presidential election. This isn't all the Twitter suppression. I mean, I'm sure we can go back a lot further than that. But this is mainly focusing on the presidential election where Twitter was covering up the Hunter Biden laptop story. We know Twitter was silencing people who dared to speak out against the COVID-19 vaccines, against the lockdowns, against, oh, you better wear a mask, all of that kind of stuff. We have pretty damning evidence at this point that there was even a portal that Twitter provided to people where they could just go in and report this kind of stuff directly to make it a lot quicker to silence the things that were being posted or at the very least flag them as misinformation or disinformation on Twitter. And I think this is vital for people to understand how this works, to understand how the social media companies have been doing business. Because otherwise the people on the left would be like, well, no, everybody can say what they want on social media, but that's not really true. That is not what has been happening. Elon Musk came out with these files. They're calling them the Twitter files. And the mainstream media ignored it absolutely completely. The big networks 
which I believe were ABC, NBC, CBS, and maybe CNN thrown in for good measure. Seven seconds of coverage combined when this broke. Seven seconds combined. I can't say hello. This is Darren O'Neill in seven seconds. So I don't really know what kind of coverage that even was, but it shows you that the mainstream media overall is trying to suppress the Twitter files, which is a story about suppressing information. It's really very meta when you think about it. Suppressing a story about suppressing stories. Wikipedia even, and this was pointed out by somebody on Twitter to Elon Musk. There was a page that was started on Wikipedia about the Twitter files, and it was marked for possible deletion because, you know, it's it's a big nothing burger, according to Wikipedia. I don't know if that's a technical term or not, but because the mainstream media wasn't covering it, of course, why would Wikipedia have an entry about it? Because, you know, the mainstream media, they have such a good track record. They're not biased at all, right? Elon Musk responded to that person's tweet in regards to Wikipedia possibly deleting that page with a tweet of his own saying, quote, most of Earth, the MSM is biased. Wikipedia, cite MSM source to confirm this claim. (laughs) Wikipedia has a non-trivial left-wing bias, end quote. Absolutely correct. Elon Musk, that Wikipedia, like most social media companies, like most big tech companies, a non-trivial left-wing bias. This isn't, well, they're slightly to the left. No, it is far to the left to the point that they will squash stories They will ban people from the platform for daring to disagree with them. And I think we need, as a society, to be able to have the dialogue. The minute you're shutting one side up, you're probably the problem. You're the one that cannot make your case if you have to shut the other side up. If nobody wants to argue that with me, feel free. But if you're trying to shut somebody up, if you can't even allow them to speak, most likely you cannot back your case up because otherwise you just go out and do it. I don't care if Kanye West is out there saying he loved Hitler. I don't. Let him do it because everybody listening goes, well, yeah, you're kind of a nut. And here's why you're wrong. But shutting down the dialogue makes zero sense. Shutting down the dialogue puts the people into the shadows rather than you knowing what they're actually thinking. You don't know what their beliefs are. Wouldn't you rather know? If somebody had some crazy belief, wouldn't you rather they're allowed to go out and spew that to their heart's content so everybody can hear them? I still cannot come up with one reason why you would want to silence that kind of speech. But we know we live in a world of conspiracy theories. And one of those 
well, not one. There are many conspiracy theories which go back to the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And that is back in the news because there have been some documents, this from a story in the Daily Beast, which says, quote, the CIA holds documents that show presidential assassin Lee Harvey Oswald was involved in an intelligence operation before the assassination of John F. Kennedy, a prominent Kennedy assassination reporter alleged on Tuesday. Yes, which would be yesterday. We're talking about smoking gun proof of a CIA operation involving Lee Harvey Oswald, said reporter Jeffrey Morley. He claims the CIA operation involving Oswald took place in the summer of 1963, three months before the assassination. The allegation from Morley, who has written extensively about the CIA in the 1960s, could shake up the history of the Kennedy assassination if proven to be true. Again, that from the Daily Beast. And it's interesting because I don't know when this deadline was set, but the article concludes after a little bit more information by saying, quote, the press conference comes before a deadline next week imposed by President Joe Biden for the CIA and FBI to release all documents related to the Kennedy assassination. It's not clear yet, the Daily Beast says, whether the agencies will request an extension of that deadline, end quote. And it's interesting. It seems that there are documents from the CIA that show, even though they said after the assassination, well, we don't really have a whole lot of information on this Lee Harvey Oswald guy. That's the CIA said after the Kennedy assassination. Now, if it turns out that he was a CIA asset working in operation three months earlier, which involved the Castro regime in Cuba, if that can be proven, then that sheds a whole lot more. Well, I don't know if it sheds light as much as just puts a whole lot more questions on what actually happened around the John F. Kennedy assassination. If the CIA was involved, then obviously this is going to cause some issues. And most people, if you've been paying attention, believe the FBI was involved in a lot of bad stuff, including the January 6th riot at the Capitol. It seems that the FBI had multiple assets in the crowd that day the question is what those people actually did we're trying to get that information but it's going to be hard because we still don't have that kind of information from the cia regarding the kennedy assassination so the winds of politics or the winds of change or the winds of justice whatever you want to call this they blow very very slowly But this is an interesting thing to add to the Kennedy assassination story because there's always been questions about whether Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone or if it was even possible for one man and one rifle from that angle to do what he did. I don't know if you're ever going to know the truth, 
it really what is the truth in today's society but there are definitely still questions being raised and if there is proof that the cia was involved and using lee harvey oswald as an asset in the months leading up to the kennedy assassination yeah it's going to be a big story so watch for that one and is there something weird or different in my cadence today for some reason i keep hearing paul harvey as i'm talking today i don't know why not that he would be a bad guy to emulate but for some reason things are just weird i don't know why things just seem a little different at least in my headphones maybe it's better maybe i'm finally getting good at this and that's what i'm hearing i don't know there was a story out of california of course because everything is fine in california there's nothing crazy going on at all This is a story of a teacher in a California high school, Oroville High School, who identifies as, quote, cringy, C-R-I-N-G-E-Y. Why would anybody identify as cringy? And what, I mean, it seems like that would be a negative thing. I identify as cringy. This, a story from the Washington Examiner said that This teacher has gone viral because she does not teach grammar usage and writing skills in an attempt to defeat, you got it, white supremacy. Now, you would ask, what kind of teacher would not be attempting to teach grammar and writing? Well, of course, Marta Schaefer teaches English at Oroville High School. She says she uses linguistics to fight white supremacy and to be, quote, inclusive to all kinds of ways we use language. Yes, this is an English teacher. The expectation that students should use syntax and proper grammar is based in a deep-rooted white supremacy culture, she argues. Um, so what are you teaching? If you're an English teacher and you're like, well, you know this subject, i'm supposed to be teaching that's just white supremacist stuff so i'm not going to teach it well then what are you teaching you're certainly not teaching english she says quote i try to undermine that bs in my classroom as much as i can we study linguistics and the rules that we actually use to communicate instead of the made-up rules that white supremacy created for when we write papers and stuff i love teachers that say that kind of stuff which is what scholars call the language of power as an educator she continues i constantly worry if i'm the problem well here surprise you are the problem because you're a moron and you're an english teacher that's refusing to teach english well what do i mean by that well public education is an institution that upholds lots of problematic systems in our society like white supremacy and misogyny in colonization, etc., she says. Well, let's look at how we write essays. Start with an introduction that includes a thesis. Always cite your sources. Use transition words like however and therefore. These are all made-up rules. They were created by Westerners in power, which got me thinking. What if I started my school year with a unit honoring how we talk rather than teaching students how to write properly, end quote. No, 
that's not teaching the subject matter. You should be fired. You are not doing your job. If you're an English teacher, that's like, well, no, everybody's using a text speak now. So instead of actually typing out or writing out, how are you? Well, then you could just you could just do how, but then just put the letter R and the letter U because that's what everybody's doing now. And then you really don't even need punctuation. Let's forget about any of that because, you know, periods, let's understand. Periods are too aggressive. We did a story about that at one point on Random Thoughts, I believe, or maybe it was one of the other thousand podcasts I do. But there was this whole story on how punctuation was was too traumatic for some students to use. I mean, how how badly has your upbringing had to have been if you find punctuation to be traumatic. But here we have an English teacher that is not teaching the subject and not preparing these children for the real world. Because here's the problem, dumbass, is when your students end up getting a job, if they can't even get a job because they're probably not going to know how to write a resume up because you were too busy teaching them something idiotic or letting them be like, no, there was a story of a woman also that I think we covered here or in another one of podcasts. I don't know. It gets hard to tell that was crying because her boss yelled at her for spelling hamster incorrectly because she was taught that you spell hamster with a P H A M P S T E R. That's how she spelled hamster. And damn it. Her boss told her she was wrong and she was crying and she called her mother on the phone. She may have had this teacher in school because the rest of the world doesn't care about your idiocy. It only cares about people who are educated and able to get their ideas across eloquently. If you can do that, you're going to go a lot further. So if you're in this teacher's class, get out. Get out as quickly as you can. She also says, quote, just because your teachers, your professors, and your boss may expect you to write and speak in a certain way that may not be natural to you does not mean that your more natural languages are not important, she says. They are just as important, if not more important, than the language of respectability. I mean, this is absolute insanity. This is a high school teacher, a high school English teacher, refusing to teach English because it's the language of white supremacy. Maybe she's going to teach Ebonics and then send all her students out into the world, and then they're all going to wonder why they can't get jobs. It's unbelievable, really unbelievable how far we have fallen as a society that this kind of stuff is allowed to happen. If you're a parent at this school, I hope you're doing something about it again. Oroville High School in California. Then uh, if you're a parent there and you're not doing anything about it, then you're also a part of the problem. I mean, you can have all sorts of different classes about all sorts of different things. But when your English teacher is refusing to teach English and we've also heard that math is racist. So the math teacher here probably doesn't teach math. What do you think the end result on your student is? Get teachers who are actually willing to teach a curriculum that educates your children or educate them at home. 
or get them into a private school. Any of those kind of things way better than letting them go to a woke school with woke teachers who are intentionally refusing to teach your children because, you know, the subject matter is white supremacy. It's insane. There was an article, and I just wanted to bring this one up, nothing to do with the fact that I am six foot six. I mean, I may be shrinking a little bit by now, maybe six five, you know, getting old and all. But there was an article which talked about a study by the University of Rukla, I believe in Poland. I mean, if CSB, my buddy, is listening, he'll tell me if I said that horribly wrong. It was a study about how short people are way more likely to be psychopaths. And this is the Napoleon syndrome. I guess they studied this and it's a real thing. It is a real thing for shorter guys. They want to have more narcissistic or tend to have more narcissistic tendencies to try to make themselves seem more important and more powerful because physically they are lesser, I guess. I mean, shorter, smaller, that's lesser in a physical way. They talk about the dark triad personality traits, which would be narcissism, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism. When all three traits are found in a single person, it says it implies a malevolent personality. It says all three of those traits are distinct, but they have been known to overlap and more so in people, mainly guys, it seems who are short. So I just wanted to point that out for everybody there out there that is under six, four, six, five, six, six, you know, you got something to worry about. Got to watch for that psychopathic and narcissistic personality disorder. Now, one person who won't have that is Aaron judge of the New York Yankees and still of the New York Yankees. He was the big story in baseball this year because he broke the home run record in the American League and did so without juicing, without steroids, because he is a massive man without them. Six foot seven, 280 something pounds. And his contract was going to be a big one. We knew it was going to be a big one, but nobody really knew how large until today. Let's break it down. It goes on for nine years. And for nine years, I mean, he plays baseball, so it's not really like he works eight hours a day or anything. So I'm not even going to break it down by how many hours he works. I'm just going to put Aaron Judge in a category where he gets paid for being Aaron Judge. And since he is Aaron Judge, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we're just going to go that. He's going to get paid for every second of his existence and for the next nine years the yankees are going to pay aaron judge a dollar and 27 cents per second 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year for nine years a dollar 27 per second which is 76 dollars and 10 cents per minute 76 dollars and 10 cents per minute which is 4566 dollars and 21 cents per hour 
again, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He's always Aaron Judge. Even when he sleeps, he's making $4,566.21 per hour. That is $109,589.04. That four cents is important per day. $767,123.29 per week. But to be fair, $767,000 per week when you live in the state of New York, his take-home pay is going to be like $45. Bucks. $40 million a year, nine years, $360 million. A massive contract for a massive dude who sucked in the playoffs. It's a question, is he going to be the next A-Rod? I don't know. I didn't follow baseball at all. But from what I kind of gleaned from Aaron Judge's season was that going towards the end of the season, all he was trying to do was hit the home runs to break the home run record, and that can really screw up your game. And in the postseason, he stunk. He struck out a lot, only hit a hun buck something, buck. 70 or something like that in the postseason but he's got he's got time he's got time to turn that around and i hope he does because if he does not turn that one around the yankee fans will be absolutely brutal to the guy and rightfully so because again one hundred nine thousand five hundred eighty nine dollars a day 365 days a year which doing the quick math is about $247,000 a game, assuming he plays in all 162 games, which he won't because he gets injured a lot too. But every game the Yankees play, they're paying this guy close to a quarter of a million dollars. And you wonder why the ticket prices keep going up. And to close out today's episode, the most confusing Worst written story that I have seen in the media anywhere in a long time comes from a Breitbart article with the headline, Rod Stewart reveals 11-year-old son collapsed, rushed to hospital with suspected heart attack, which seems really bad. And it's a headline, of course, a lot of clickbait everywhere on the internet guess Breitbart is no different. Now, let's also remember that different people write the headlines, then write the story 99% of the time. I'm assuming that's the case with Breitbart. I don't know for sure. The story was written by a guy named Simon Kent, and I will read it to you. And I want to know if you're as confused as I am. Starting out, Singer Rod Stewart has revealed he called an ambulance after his son, aged 11, turned blue and collapsed while watching a football match. Okay, so going by that first paragraph, I'm thinking that Rod Stewart's son, age 11, collapsed and turned blue while watching a football match. Now, I see football. I'm an American. I think football. I'm guessing this was soccer, and yeah, I know, that's football to a lot of you over in Europe. But the story continues. A suspected heart attack was at first thought to be the cause of the medical event. 
The Evening Standard reports the rock veteran 77 recalled his son going, quote, blue and unconscious while playing for his young hoops under one under 12's team. Okay, let's stop there for a second. So just two sentences later, after the article says he collapsed while watching a football match, it says he collapsed while playing for his young hoops under 12 team. So now it seems that he was playing football slash soccer, not watching a football match. The story continues. Although the hit maker didn't share further details of when the incident occurred, he confirmed an ambulance did attend. An ambulance did attend. That's just a very odd way to say that. Continuing, Stewart revealed to 442 Magazine, quote, we thought my boy had a heart attack. He was going blue and was unconscious until he calmed down. I'm going to stop there again because Rod Stewart, I have a question. How is somebody, a child at 11 years old, going blue and unconscious until he calmed down? What is more calm than being unconscious? Can somebody explain this to me? The quote from Rod Stewart, we thought my boy had a heart attack. He was going blue and was unconscious until he calmed down. It was scary, but it turned out to be a panic attack. The lad wanted to do well, pulled on the hoops in Scotland for his dad. I don't even know what that means. The lad wanted to do well, pulled on the hoops in Scotland for his dad. I mean, I'm guessing they're saying he just wanted to do well and play well and had a panic attack, but he was going blue and unconscious until he calmed down. My brain hurts. The article from Breitbart continues with another quote. From Rod Stewart, another boy fell backwards and banged his head. He's still not back. In all my days watching football, that's the only time two ambulances had been called. Okay. He shares his son Aiden with his wife, Patty Lancaster Stewart, whom he wed in 2007. The Maggie Mae Seeger has seven other children. His offspring are from romances with five different women. He has two sons with current wife, Penny, 51, white model, Alistair. 16 and Aiden Kimberly 43 and Shauna from Rob. Okay. So they're just going through his whole lineage, I guess there, but the actual story Breitbart, I don't understand it beyond the fact that I get that he had a panic attack. I don't understand your whole story. And it's like only a few lines and you have no clue how to get a point across. So journalisming is not in a good space right now. And I don't understand why there were so many partial quotes from different places from the Evening Standard and from 442 Magazine. And the headline would leave anybody to believe that when you say he was rushed to the hospital with a suspected heart attack, when the article points out that it was a panic attack, the headline is crap. That is horrible journalist 
integrity much, Breitbart? You claim to, which is why you can't trust any source. I don't care if they're on the left, like most of the media, or they're on the right, which Breitbart is. The level of journalism is absolutely horrible. I hope that Rod Stewart's son is doing well. And the panic attack was just that. If somebody can explain to me if they've ever heard the line before that somebody was blue and unconscious until they calmed down, let me know. Because that one just seems a little bit too far out there. But yeah, this is got to be careful going to any news source. Misinformation is real, yo, which is why I hope that you are listening to the Random Thoughts podcast. I know I'm not always going to get it right, but I hope never to be as confusing as that Breitbart story, that's for sure. And I hope that I can bring you some information you haven't heard before to make you think, to make your life a little bit better. This show does work on the value for value model, which I learned from John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry over at the No Agenda podcast, which means the shows go out there. There is no paywall. You don't have to pay anything to listen to the show. But if you have gotten any value out of the show, it's up to you to get some value back to us. One of the ways to do that is monetarily, and you can do that by going to our website, randomthoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com slash donate. Click the donate button to do a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. Use the QR codes or wallet addresses if you want to do the crypto thing. You can use the P.O. box address if you want to go the snail mail route. And you can use the web 2.0 boosting and all that if you're in that kind of thing by going over to newpodcastapps.com. And if you're in the Patreon ecosystem, you can support us that way. No extra content there. But if you're in the ecosystem, it makes it easy to do that, as a few people have done today. And it is all very much appreciated. Coming in with his $15 monthly donation, our buddy Chudakuki with his $15 donation. I just found out where that all came from, where the name Chudakuki comes from. And it's because his name's Matthew. And he had a healthy cookie company that didn't make it, which is unfortunate. Because healthy cookies sound like one hell of an idea. If they taste good and you're like, wow, this won't kill me. It's not loaded up with sugar and all the other bad stuff. I mean, I've been trying to get my chocolate fix, but it has to be the really high percentage of cacao for the chocolate to be healthy. But it is actually on the list of things that can help control blood pressure, but it doesn't taste really good. On its own, when you buy most chocolate, it's very low cacao. They add a lot of the sugar and that kind of stuff to make it taste good and be nice and creamy. The high cacao stuff is very bitter. So I just like to uh, take a little block of that, break it off into a coffee. The Michigan cherry coffee that Meyer sells, if you have a Meyer near you, the Michigan cherry coffee is like crack. It is really good. Now, if you brew that at a nice hot setting, if you have a machine that can do that, melts the chocolate right into it, makes a delicious little drink and allegedly healthy. Again, as long as you're not having pounds of the chocolate in moderation, it is good for you. So chew the cookie, get us some healthy cookies. We need to try that again. Our buddy Stu Coates coming in with 666. It is not the satanic donation all the way from the UK. Our buddy, Sir Truck Driver. Coming in with 565, 
that is appreciated as he's out there on the roads delivering you the crap that you need for your holiday. Be kind to the truck drivers out on the road, especially when the roads are wet or icy or snow covered. Those rigs do not stop quickly. Do not cut in front of them. Give them a wide berth and realize they're out there doing the job so you can have the crap you want in your grocery store, the Christmas presents you're looking for. So that's just a little tip. Be nice to the truckers out there. Coming in from Patreon, we got three people. Our buddy Brian Janak up from beautiful Wisconsin, which I'm thinking that'll be snow covered soon enough, if not already. Dennis Woods coming in with five bucks. Tim Heasel with five bucks. And coming in with 333, that is the magic number. Bill Howey, it is all very much appreciated. I really, it's amazing to me. I know the show's been going on for a while. Slowly adding people that are catching on that we're here. So if you can do me a favor, let people know the show exists. But it is, as a solo show, it is humbling and it is really an honor to have each and every person that has supported this show in all sorts of different ways, but monetarily really helps, especially with the holidays around. And you know, it costing a buck 35 to run a furnace. It's really nice to be able to pay those bills and, you know, maybe have a sandwich or two. So I do appreciate everybody for supporting the show and for listening. I know uncle Joey's economy is tough, but if you can help out, it's appreciated. And if you can't leave a review, the show tell a friend about the show it all helps and it is all appreciated if by chance aaron judge is a listener to this show i would highly recommend the three thousand three hundred and thirty three dollar donation for him that's less than he makes in an hour just about right for listening to a podcast i think if you have that kind of cash and let's also remember aaron judge he uh, gets other money from the products that he will sponsor that he will endorse so uh he's doing pretty good so somebody just get aaron judge to listen to the show and then nobody else will have to donate it'll work out really well with that said i will be back next week with another edition of the random thoughts podcast i thank you for listening i hope you have a great week i will be back next week on tuesday or wednesday it's always a surprise but until then i am darren o'neill thanks for listening